Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hey, welcome to the show. I have Daniel Agnew here. She is an angel translator and psychic and author and media personality. She's also filming a new show called Road Angels, where she does angel readings for people on the road. And I've been following Daniel for a while on Facebook, and I loved everything that she's been posting, and I'm so excited she said yes to be on my show. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you, Terry. This is fun. So we were just going to wing it today and talk about fun stuff. We've already been laughing a lot, just warming up before I press the recording. And my name is Tina, by the way. Oh my God. Did I just (laughs) say Terry? Can I tell you something funny, Tina? I was literally, I know girl, I know your name's Tina. I was literally on right before I have a very good friend named Terry who works on different issues with me, who I was on the phone with. And I was just sitting here and I'm listening to you talk. And I was thinking, God, you guys sound alike. Your voices sound alike. So mm-hmm. Tina, yeah, I do know your name is <laughs> Tina. Sorry about that. That's just that. And it's Danielle, it. not Daniel. I don't know. That's why. okay. That's a, no. Hey, maybe it's Daniel and Terry and they're having a great talk today. Who knows? <laughs> well, we were just, uh, my apologies, girl. It's all good. Well, we were just talking about archangels and Gabriel comes to to me as a male, but we know that also he can be female, Gabrielle, right? So is he male or female to you? Uh, Gabriel to me, sister, is very masculine energy. Now, but that's just the way Gabriel identifies to me. I don't do a whole lot of chatting with Gabriel. Most of the time, you know, I just don't. I'm like, oh, you're like a big, crazy archangel. Oh my God. And the funny thing was that Gabriel to me um, is intense and brings about big change. And whenever Gabriel shows up in my universe, if I'm doing a reading for somebody, I just step back. I put it in second gear, so to speak. I just let Gabriel talk. I'm like, what do you need there, man? What's up? Because Gabriel always have these big messages of transformation. So for me, it's a masculine presence. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a big talker to me. Yeah, me either. Not generally. He doesn't say a whole lot when he does. You know, it's important. He gets to the point. He comes in, then he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he's done. Yeah. He, he comes in, he's like, I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, you're the one that's going to herald the end of the world. You're a little intense, dude. And then he leaves. And like I said, I mean, honestly, Tina, I don't have a lot of interaction with him at all. Um, But when he does pop in, there's quite a bit of power there. 
He's, his energy feels very gentle to me. So good. I, I love it, but um, it's funny because I know he can be stronger is the word yeah. with other people who, who connect with him. So, but he's so sweet and nice to me. So, well, apparently sister, you do not need a two by four between the eyeballs like <laughs> others of us do. Here's your message. Are you listening to me? Gah! So good for you that Gabriel can just come in and be chill with you. That's true. And I, I interviewed an intuitive named Holly Hughes. She's super fun. And um, she said Gabriel sat on her one time when she was in bed. <laughs> that may have been her two by four. She wasn't listening. I would honestly relate more with that version of Gabriel. <laughs> like, oh, dude. All right, man. Come on. Let's just back it up. Back up the truck, Chuck. All right. He, you know, well, it, it's an it, right? But that, that, it, that key energy. Mm-hmm is is with the archangels now the archangels can in my opinion and this and everybody's got their own experience and you experience angels all the time my experience with angels are just these they can take on a gendered energy generally i'm dealing with folks work for me angels you know i'm dealing with all the folks who are just the the angels i should say who are dealing with the individuals who need help. And these are the angels in the trenches. They are just these energies, these genderless energies. Although they do sometimes take on what I would consider as a human being, a female or male characteristic for sure. Are you talking about guardian angels? Yeah, yeah. You know, our and I call them our pit crew or in the trenches angels, the ones that mm-hmm. are with us all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arcs don't generally chat. I mean, there's no reason for them to generally chat with me once in a while. They'll pop in for a person, uh, but I'm, I'm always helping people, right? And so people have got their crew. And so I'm interfacing with the individual, if, if you will, guardian angels that belong to individuals generally. So how long have you been talking to the angels? Man, the first time I noticed I was actually talking to something that wasn't a person. I was around two, two years old. And I honestly, girl, I thought everybody was hearing them in the way I was hearing them. And clearly, I mean, everybody hears their angels. Everybody talks to their angels, whether they think they do or not. So I don't want to make myself sound exceptional here. It's just that I heard them like you and I are talking right now. And I honestly thought that everybody else did as well. And it wasn't until I was 17 years old. Again, that two by four between the eyeball thing here we were talking about earlier. I was... Right, right. I was 17 years old. And at that time, uh, I had seen my aunt Sylvia uh, when I was a young child. I was maybe three or four. And when I was 17, I was recounting meeting up with my aunt Sylvia and my uncle Dominic, Italian immigrants who came over. My mom, when I was 17, was very confused. And she said, Danielle, you I think you're confused because your, your aunt Sylvia died uh, two years before you were born. And I said, no, mom. I mean, she was with Uncle Dominic. This is what she was wearing. She called me over to stand by her leg. Uncle Dominic was freaking me out. She was really nice. And my mom was saying, honey, she was dead when you were a little kid. So I was seeing her and didn't realize that nobody else was seeing her. 
So right there, when I was 17, that's when like, you know, like the record scratches, the needle scratches across the record. Just <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, what else have I been seeing that nobody else has been seeing? And it, you know, it kind of freaked me out. You know, my dad is this brilliant, beautiful, amazing man. He's also a psychotherapist. So I was thinking to myself, oh my God, am I having a some kind of a schizophrenic break that happens when you're a younger person. And I'm like, well, no, that wouldn't happen when you're two, would it? That's a little young for that. So obviously I, you know, I do not suffer from a schizophrenic break. I just have an EMF sensitivity that allows me to pick up beings on different frequencies. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of similar, but I wasn't seeing, I don't remember seeing anything as a child. I remember feeling everything. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. yep I'm yep. not alone. I'm being watched. I'm afraid of the dark. Yep. And yep. here's me, you know, I grew up Catholic, you know, we read the Bible, you know, the angels, the archangels. I was like, yeah, they're probably real. I'm not <laughs> sure. You know, I'm yeah. open to it. People are wearing like Archangel Michael, uh, necklaces for protection I was like really okay well if you believe that <laughs> <laughs> oh no later oh later on I learned <laughs> yeah 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 yep. so do you talk to other beings besides angels I do I do and as a matter of fact a lot of the work that I was doing early on started out as angels a lot of it was former people those dead people were human spirits and that was accidental I mean you go into a building uh, before the show started you and I were talking about coming back to Montana all the time for you and you know out here in Montana there's tons of old buildings tons of ghost towns it's not nearly as populated uh, as the east coast although one of the most haunted places I've ever been was Manhattan I can only last about five days in Manhattan and I got a bail I That's just where I was born and grew up whoa okay so i totally get your gig with feeling like you're being heard and watched and everything that's that's amazing manhattan is really 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 haunted that's like uh, because boot, i call it boot camp for psychic mediums <laughs> yes that's so true that's so crazy it is though because you know people don't realize there's a lot of dynamics to hauntings right I mean, there's a lot of physical dynamics and Manhattan is an island. It's on a black granite base. That granite has a lot of iron in it. It's got river all around it. You yep. know, it's just this big magnet for, for spirit life. <laughs> and so when you're there, I mean, there's all these human spirits, of course, that come up. And your question, you were asking me if I, you know, what kind of beings that I talk to. I do a lot of chatting with off-world beings as well. You know, you can call them ETs or aliens. Mm -hmm. I think that's rude. There are off-world cousins, a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, the star beings that have helped our planet for many, many millennia. And so I chat with them, uh, dead people, elemental beings, you know, the beings, God's middle management for nature. You know, they, they're not a huge fan. I don't talk to them a ton. They will talk to me if it is directly relative to me interfacing with a human being that might have disturbed their environment then they'll talk to you and they i get this is fascinating girl okay so i get called in a lot of times and you probably have as well 
to exercise, and I got finger quotes going, exercise a home from demons, right? They're not freaking demons, they're elemental beings. And these elementals are furious because some housing development tore through a ley line or they tore through an underground creek and moved all the earth energy and these elementals jobs are to protect the main vortex points and artery points of the earth, which are the ley lines and the energy centers. So then here, here these backhoes are coming plowing through and putting John Doe's pool in, you know, and these elementals are running through and trying to rip the plumbing out or they're throwing things out of the cupboards. And people, of course, assume from the Western, you know, perspective of I must have a demon in my house that's throwing <laughs> plates. I'm thinking you got a mad elemental because you ripped a hole in a ley line, man. So then they let these elementals to talk to me and I'll have to explain that the people aren't there to wreck things. And we have to build a little energy diversion dam around the rip and you know, we're so clueless as human beings, aren't we, girl? It's so sad. Well, where I live, that's what's happening. So this is a fairly new development. It's huge. They're clearing land all the time. They're digging in the earth. And so there's a lot of activity in the houses here. How do I know? Because I went on the Facebook like neighborhood page. Somebody <laughs> said a couple of years ago, you know, before I moved here, but I was trying to get a feel for the neighborhood. Somebody says, have you ever experienced something weird in your house? And it was like 600 comments. Oh, oh, wow. Now, where, what area do you live in? Okay, so I live in Somerville, which is outside Charleston, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. And then, so I was like, what am I moving to? What is happening here? You know, what do I got to get ready for? And I've, I've been trying to feel out this location, but I think also digging in the earth yeah. stirs things up, literally and figuratively. It absolutely does. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting here giving you big nods because Charleston was going to be one of the stops on my Ascension tour that I did back in 2018. Mm -hmm. and we, and then I was going to take that over to 2019 and we started filming Road Angel. So, um, I, I remember thinking, God, something's going out in Charleston. I was getting pulled out to Charleston for some reason. And one of the big reasons was when I was pulled to these different stops on Ascension tour, I didn't pick them. Uh, the angelic realm picked them and said, look, you need to go to Portland and talk about how to best utilize the Portland energy, which is an expulsion zone. And I kind of couldn't figure that out at the time. I mean, honestly, Tina, it was weird because I couldn't figure out why I got pulled to Portland. Oregon. You know, Portland is just land of the good beer, you know, just chill, whatever. And then many years later, all of those altercations that happened in Portland that made world news. Yeah. And yeah. the big message that Portland, Oregon received when I did the Ascension tour there, and what I was doing is I was getting directed to different cities by the angelic realm to go and deliver a message to that city about how best to use the energy of that city. And the places that I was drawn to, Portland was one of them. Boulder, Colorado was the other one. Minneapolis was the other one. And if we look at these cities, obviously Portland was ground zero for some huge world activity. Well, activity the world paid attention to. Mm -hmm. um, Boulder had that you know, big shooting not too long ago. Of course, Minneapolis and, you know, George Floyd. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, 
every single city that I got sent to, um, except for one yet, which is my hometown of Billings, Montana. So I'm just wondering like what the heck's gonna happen here now. Uh, but something really major that drew world attention happened in those cities. And so that's something that I just would like to share to your listeners. We get drawn to help sometimes. And I know you know this, Tina. I know you do. We get drawn to help sometimes where we'd, we, I had no idea what I was going to freaking Portland, except I have some friends who live out there and that was awesome to see them. You know, I'm thinking to myself, what the hell could happen in Portland? Everybody out here is so chill or stoned. God bless them all, you know? Like, what's, what's going to happen in Portland? And I couldn't believe it when it blew out. So I think if we have the willingness to listen to where we're supposed to go, uh, then we're going to have a lot more productive uh, work coming through us as channels and just as people. Because everything, wouldn't you agree? I would, well, I shouldn't say that. That's a leading question. I apologize for that. I am assuming you and I would agree that when the universe, that the universe talks to everybody. And if we just chilled out, we would have far more guidance in following that. So that's my assumption. Right. Well, I think for me, everywhere I have visited and everywhere I have lived was for a reason. So I was led out here. I've always loved the South. I'm a bad New Yorker. I don't want to live in New York. And I mean, and I married a guy from Georgia, you know, it's like, I always wanted to live down here, you know, and I finally moved down here and I was like, ah, yeah, this feels good. This feels Mm -hmm. good. So are you saying if you have gone to Charleston, something would have happened? I hope not. I never did go to Charleston. (laughs) I know you did it. (laughs) I feel like the angel of doom over here. But, you know, um, that's so funny. I I was drawn to Charleston because there was something out there. It was an electromagnetic pulse. It was change that was coming to the area. It felt weather related. It felt ground related. It wasn't, you know, catastrophic, yet it was actually an opportunity to grow positively if folks got ahead of whatever this 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 land burst was and it's interesting mm-hmm. that you're saying that you know they're building out there and things are happening out there um and it was also charleston felt very light it felt very light one of the stops i really wanted to make on the first ascension tour in 2018 um was columbus ohio and you know we didn't get a chance to go to columbus again because road angel started filming but i really wanted to go to the east coast because the east coast has so much history it has so many vortex points and so many ley lines. You know, the energy of the East Coast is very sacred. For those of we Westerners, you know, it can almost feel heavy until you kind of get into this. It's almost, if you, if you get out of the heavy part, it's soft. It's like this soft roll. Uh, you go to Florida and Florida, my God, that used to be under the water. And you can tell when you're in Florida. So um, hopefully, hopefully nothing's going on in Charleston. Me. You guys no, are awesome. I, I agree with you. Like, I feel like Charleston is the light of the East Coast. Yeah, that's what it felt like, girl. That's what it felt like. That's why I wanted to go. There was something about you guys being a lighthouse. Well, I'll just tell you since you're there, yeah. since I didn't go, 
there was something there about being a lighthouse for people and for showing folks how to come together. Now consider this message was coming through in 2018, okay? Mm -hmm. so it was about coming together. It was about mending. There were big, heavy messages for our indigenous people on the East Coast, setting an example for the rest of the country about coming together. I mean, it was a thing. And so when I didn't get a chance to go out there, I thought, oh, bummer, man. But that's okay, because um, obviously I, I wasn't supposed to, or I would have ended up. Well, there's a lot of history here. I don't know if you know this, but half of all the enslaved came through Charleston. Wow. wow. Yeah. And so, but there's a sense of history here and a sense of learning from what has happened before that I haven't really encountered in other places. Wow. So okay, I would I would say overall people are have evolved as a result. Yeah. They want to move on. They're tired of the whole race issue. You know, they just want to be people. They just want to be good good to each other. They just want to live their lives. That's how I feel the predominant energy is here now not everybody's like that right 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 and the troublemakers come in here and they get a lot of attention but overall people just don't care anymore like they don't Down care if you're, yeah they don't care if you're black or white or brown or yellow or blue it just it just doesn't matter can we move on there's this like maybe it's just me but i was like i just want to move on can we just move well, on? And you know what? Honestly, Tina, if you have, if you, if that area has such a history of slave trafficking, um, oftentimes what I've found, and this is in my travels, I've not actually been to what we call the deep American South. I've never had a chance to go. I want to go to New Orleans so bad. I don't know which lifetime I lived there and ate alligators, but I just, I love alligator meat. It's weird. We don't have any in Montana, so you got to buy it in the frozen food section. I like to deep fry it. I mean, why would I have that experience <laughs> growing up in Montana? But I love it. So when I think about areas that have endured a great amount of hardship, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you think about how our country was formed, which was par for the course, uh, regrettably par for the course for where the world was at, subjugating people, annihilating populations, just the ugliness of the old world. And as we evaluate the ugliness of the old world and what does not work long-term, to be able to build this new world on that evaluation, you know, and on that scrutiny and on that uh, integrity moving forward to say, oh, okay, well, this clearly is a disgusting way to treat humanity. So let us go forward in a way that truly allows the North American, uh, the United States portion of the North American continent to actually be what it potentially could be. And, and what the heck do I mean by that, Earl? Uh, what I mean by that is that when, you know, I'm super sensitive to energies, right? So I feel into different parts of the world. And the North American, the United States portion of North America, that chunk of land there is literally made to be maximized if we are all cohabitating and sharing. 
And our indigenous populations had a much better handle on all of that back in the day. I mean, there was some tribal infighting back in the day, but nothing like we're gonna you know, take everybody out entirely. And that was a weird colonizer mentality of you know, clearing the landscape and all this nastiness. So when I think about the United States and I feel into the United States and I feel into where you're at in Charleston and I feel the power of the Atlantic Ocean, right? I bet you can feel that out there. That power radiates all the way through to the middle of the country. And then we've got the Pacific Ocean. She's a lot more chill. She really is. You know, the Atlantic is a woman too, but ooh, she's, uh, she's a little more like, uh, what was her name, Miranda Priestley, the character that, that was played by Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. You know, that, that Atlantic can switch on you. That oh my. And, oh my goodness. Sometimes it's beautiful and other times it's like, yeah, I'm really sorry, I'm gonna eat you. I'm just gonna eat you. I don't know, I just feel like it. You seem good to eat. Well, well, look at us on the East Coast, we have the hurricane, so. Exactly, exactly. So I guess what I'm saying here is that there is a balance to America, to the United States. And if we can get into balance, and this, believe it or not, is a very long road back to your point about Charleston, is that if we can get into that balance in America and begin to, we educate ourselves, we learn, we get into accountability, we accept, we grow, we evolve, we have the opportunity, the mere energies of this country will be maximized if we work together. And that's why things are breaking down so badly right now with this, this illusion of division and all this lack that's happened, especially over the last four years. Uh, America's really been trying on the illusion of, uh, of rage and anger and, and in, in many different ways. And as you and I were chatting before the podcast, before the show here, uh, that hasn't really benefited us all that much, except for we have grown painfully. We have grown painfully. Yet I'm hoping now, girl, that we can listen to these angels and begin to build bridges of commonality, compassion, learning, uh, and evolution, because that's where we're going to be maximized at this point. Yeah, I love that because I think that's why I followed you, because you were always looking at the big picture. And I'm always looking at the big picture, like I'm very much a big picture person. What is happening here? What, what does this mean on a bigger level, on a symbolic level? So this is exactly how I think about things. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yes. And I appreciate that. Can I just tell you, I appreciate that because sometimes you just feel like the weirdo outlier, oh, you yeah. know, who's, who's yeah. looking at something going, okay, this means this. We haven't quite gotten to this yet. And it's, it's hard, you know, and so in your work, can I ask you in your work, you do a lot of assisting people in predictive work with others. Um, do you get that information from your guides and your angels to people? And if that is part of your work, how do you choose to field that information for people? When you say predict, what do you mean? Well, um, and it's such a, oh, that's such a dorky word. Honestly, girl. Uh, I mean, <laughs> You know, you know, when these angels show us timelines, they'll, they'll show, they'll show me multiverses full of outcomes and the multiverses I get to see the predominant outcomes that are indicative of a predominant route that humanity is going to take from our current place in the timeline 
out to that quote future. And our future is just made by, you know, decisions we make in the present, right? Yeah. So yeah. It pre predictive, which I'm making finger quotes, is not really my favorite term. However, um, people might want guidance with life path and timelines. Let's put it to you that way. And how do you feel it's most productive? If you help, do you do any of that work? Do you help people? In that? I do. I mean, I read the tarot and we use yeah. that for guidance. So, but I, I'm not comfortable with predicting things like you <laughs> and and you, that's you and Andrew, you know, <laughs> that's your area. Andy, Andy yes. Brewer, shout out yes. to Andy Brewer. <laughs> yeah. So that's your arena. Um, I'm more like, I'm a Reiki master teacher. I do Reiki. I help people through their blocks and when they're stuck and whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, I help them through that. I teach so we can have more healers in the world. And, you know, that's what I do. I stay away from predicting because. <laughs> well, you know, that's pretty smart. And I'll tell yeah. you what, if I may, uh, if I may add to that. Just because you can see something, it doesn't mean it's a thousand percent going to wash down the pike that way anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not really sure. I've been doing this job of a little over 15 years. And the one piece of wisdom that I've taken away from this is that I, when I first started, even five years ago, I really didn't quite understand to the full degree that I do now uh, how people can hang on, like hang on to things like predictions. And I mean, I more looked at them like a weather pattern. Like you, if you were a weather person, sister, you could say, hey, we might get some rain up in the mountains, you know, blah. And I would look at a prediction as a weather pattern, not as the gospel word of God. And that's just me because I understand how these timelines shift. A lot of times what you're seeing is what's going to come through. Well, what, and sometimes yeah. it's so weird that it, it gets a little muddy. In what I've life. done, I'm very connected to the planet. So what's going on on the planet? So the interesting thing is where I live, we have these little earthquakes that yeah. you may or may not feel. But two times I have noticed when we had a little earthquake here, I was very irritable and not really having a good reason to be irritable. And then the next day in the paper, I saw, oh, we had a little earthquake last night. And I was like, yeah, I felt it because I was irritated. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to weather, um, the hurricanes, definitely I work with those. Wow, especially, that's super cool. Especially when they're coming close. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we wow. get a, we get about a week. Okay, so we know it's coming. They're predicting. They have the spaghetti models, and everybody's talking about it all week. Where is it going to go? Is it going to go in Florida, up the coast, in North Carolina? So they, you know, you're watching that because I live really near the coast. Right. And right. if you remember Hurricane Hugo, it hit yes. Charleston straight on and it terrorized everybody who had lived here. Wow. It wow. had wiped out everything. And people who had lived through that, you can hear the terror in their voices when they describe it. Wow. That's yeah. intense. So to me, hurricanes are just all emotions. They're pent up emotions. Like our emotions go somewhere, people. 
They go out in the atmosphere. They go in the land. They go somewhere. They actually get absorbed. Like memories of what happened on the land go in the earth and in the stone. And if you want to know what happened in that location, touch the stone and it will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in there. So hurricanes are interesting because it's different, a little bit different every time. But sometimes when you feel into it, it feels like a temper tantrum. Yeah. Or you're not listening or no one cares or, you know, one of the hurricanes that felt very much like more the sea creatures feeling ignored and feeling feeling like no one cares about them the fish you're being overfished and the whales and the dolphins and their struggles so when I felt into the hurricane I apologized to them I said on behalf of humanity I am so sorry and I could see them and like a group of them they were like did she just say sorry Is that a human that apologized to us? Yes. What? Yeah. Wow. They were shocked. They were like, you're, you're apologizing? And I said, yes, I apologize. Within my heart, I am so sorry that we did this to you. Wow. So, I am so happy that you do that work. That is something I've said for years, is that our collective consciousness gets up into the atmosphere and makes weird weather. So that's so refreshing to hear you say that. And that, that's what causes tornadoes too. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever driven across? Okay. 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 I've got to ask you this because you are an earth healer. You are so tuned into the earth. You're so cool, man. I'm serious. I wish I had a little more of the earth stuff um, just because I admire you earth healers so much. I'm so tied up, like upways, you know, oh, I, got the I can go up there too. I'm galactic know. too. Yeah. Right? That's what I'm saying, <laughs> sister. You got this whole, like, you're like the triple threat, as I used to call them back in the old theater days, you know? Um, so, you know, here you are with the earth, right? And here is something I would ask you. Uh, I would share with you first, and then I got a question around it, is that I, my wife and I, we drove to her home state of Missouri from Montana. Now, when I used to tour in uh, Pope Jane, We never really covered the Midwest because back in the early 90s to mid 90s to early 2000s, I was very out as a gay woman. And, you know, the coasts were a lot more accepting back in the day. And it was still kind of in the don't ask, don't tell days, but I was telling. So that made certain people uncomfortable. And I made that choice to do that because I didn't want to be hunted down by a paparazzi. I thought that was super stupid. So I thought, I'm gay. And everybody went, oh, well, that's not exciting. I'm like, I know, right? Moving on with life. Here we go. So, (laughs) oh, so true, girl. So I'm moving through, you know, I've never been through uh, the Midwest before. And you get into Kansas and Nebraska. And there's, there's not a lot of water energy to move the energy in that area. Mm -hmm. And it, all the energy is moved by the air. And I remember we pulled over at an A&W. I was starving. I, I eat like a freaky horse. And we pull off the road, get a burger and fries. And it's in Kansas someplace. And I got out of the car because I had to feel this 
stillness, the likes I have never felt in my life. Like it just felt like I was quietly on the bottom of an ocean, which Kansas used to be. And I, you're talking about tornadoes and our, our emotions make, make weather happen. And I thought to myself, my God, no wonder the, that, that area of the country, there's no other way to release that energy except in the air. Have you ever experienced that type of feeling out there? Like a quiet? Like an unbelievable. It was almost an eerie quiet. Like, you know, being from the, I'm South Central Montana, but we're also very close to the mountains. And I used to live on the coast. And so I'm used to a lot more yeah, yeah. energy. I've been, I've been in the woods before where there was no sound. Oh. Um. No, I don't think I've experienced that out there. But is it Kansas? It was Kansas. Yeah. 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 I don't know. What do you think it was? Well, I think it's just the way that the earth plays its energy out there. You know, there's not a lot of water to move it. Uh, there's not a lot of mount mountains, as you know, will move energy like crazy because they've got all that granite and crystal and gold and silver and everything else. So mountains are giant churners and conductors that are pulling energy out of the ionosphere and shoving it down to the crust. And there's a lot of movement in mountains also. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird for me because I've always lived in mountainous areas or coastal areas to experience that stillness. Now that's not to put down Kansas. I'm saying that that's a very specific energy mm -hmm. that is just, you've got to have your head on straight out there. I, I thought about, how it would be hard for someone like me, I think, there, because it's so still. I mean, you're just left with every thought you had. You're left with the ground. You're left. It is a meditative place. Mm -hmm. That's what I found it to be. Mm -hmm. And when I was ordering burgers, this sweet young lady came out. She had this really chill way about her, and we went to a antique shop, and the guy barely chatted. You know, he chatted a little bit. And I've heard people say things like, well, if you really want the cold shoulder, go to Kansas. And I thought <laughs> that's a mean thing to say about, you know, a whole state. God. But what I realized is I don't think these folks were giving anybody the cold shoulder. They were just in that vibe. Of quiet. It's vibe. quiet here. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. Interesting. I don't so go mean, Kansas I, people. You go <laughs> Kansas people in your chill. Yeah. Man. I do say I love Montana. I've been there many times and there are woods that make me nervous that I've in been Montana? in. Not in Montana. Oh yeah. Other places like New okay. Hampshire, for example. Oh God. Yeah. The East coast woods. Woo. But I'm in Montana woods in Montana. I'm like, yeah, I feel completely safe here. Yeah. You it's, know, you know, it's my observation. And if I can just add to your point on that, mm -hmm. the woods in Montana. All right. They are obviously most of the time in hills and mountains. The mountains are absorbing a lot of the energies. The vortexes in those mountains tend to be in the mountains. They're not as surface level. Whereas you go to the East Coast, it's just the nature of what the East Coast is made up of. Uh, it's got a lot more iron-based granite out there. There's a lot more limestone caves and moss 
in the East Coast, all of those things conduct electromagnetic energy. So the vortexes on the East Coast are on the surface rather than way in the ground in Montana. And so if you go to the East Coast, this is why you've got the lore, which they're actual beings and not lore, but you know, the, the Jersey Devil, which is out in all of, that's an elemental being that crosses through those etheric doorways called vortexes and lets yeah. itself loose out there. There's areas, and I'm sure you've experienced this, girl. I'd love you to talk to this uh, point because I've, I've only felt out into them, but I can feel open above ground vortexes that the indigenous nations for hundreds of thousands of years just stayed away from. Mm-hmm. And I recently found an article online that was talking about some Vikings made it over here. I don't know. They caught some crazy Rowan streak and made it to the coast over here on the East Coast. And this is... 10, 20,000 years ago. And even the Viking runes that they put up said, hey man, don't walk into this area. It's got bad mojo. Yeah. So, so FYI, I, I everybody listening right now, if the Native Americans said, do not go into the mountains, do not go into this area, you, listen, don't go in there, don't go hunting. Don't go hiking. Stay away. There's a reason why. <laughs> Thank you, girl. Thank you. Yes. And there, okay, so in, right, you would love out in Montana, if you ever make it to Billings, uh, uh, seriously, Tina, you've got to come to the Pryor Mountains here. Uh, the Priors are one of the oldest mountain ranges. They're not as old as the, you know, the Ozarks, which are barely even there anymore. But they are one of the oldest Western mountain ranges. And they look weird. They look like they're pushed up from one side. So they've got like a sharp thing here and like a it's like they look like a giant bike ramp, you know? And what's in the priors are massive concentrations of uranium and dinosaur bones and little people, which are the indigenous folks, uh, the indigenous, I should say, uh, elemental beings in this mm-hmm. area. And so also, lots of UFOs coming and going from the Priors. Now, the Priors, girl, that's the only place in Montana that I have ever felt that creepy woods feeling. Uh, Big Prior Mountain, we went camping up there. And that was, oh, God, not last summer. What well, was it last summer? Yeah, it was, I think it was the beginning of last summer. And we decided to part, to kind of just pull our campers up at the base of Big Prior Mountain because you could walk up to an ice cave, which is really, really cool. Lots of ice caves in the Priors too. There's this prehistoric, um, really, if you want to see the earth frozen in time, go to the Prior Mountains in Montana. Then nobody knows about it. And so one night I was sitting at this last summer, we were sitting at the campfire. And I'm looking up, because that's what you do, right? At a campfire. You're looking up at the sky. And I'm watching the stars. And all of us, it was my wife and then my sister's-in-law. My wife's sister, Sarah, is married to a wonderful lady named Melissa. So we were all just hanging out. And I'm looking up, and in the sky, I'd been looking at this big planet. You know, when the when the sun first sets, right? The first thing you see are the planets, because it's so mm-hmm. bright. So I'm just up there. We're all looking. You know, I've been 20 minutes of stare, maybe even half an hour, and those planets are coming out more. And all of a sudden, this giant, quote, planet starts to take off and move. And that thing had been sitting above us for a long time. It was huge, such a low-lying UFO, and it had to have been massive. 
that it took off. Well, we're all like, what the heck? And I'm talking to them in my head. I'm like, hey, you guys, what's going on? I should come back and say hi. Well, they come did closer. Come closer. Yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got bacon, late night bacon, and you can have a beer. Come on, man. You know. So this later that night, they did come back. Um, only they nestled themselves in the woods behind us in the prayer mountain. And I was getting awakened in the night in my head. And they were saying, you should come outside. You should come outside. I think they were trying to inspire me to go out, but they, sometimes there's a cultural breakdown between our off-worlders and how humans work. And it ended up sort of landing in my psyche is more, I don't think they were trying to be negative. That's where my psyche put it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I am not going out there because it was like, you should just walk through the woods. Just walk to the woods. Just keep walking. Your family won't miss you. I'm like, wow, okay, we are having a cultural breakdown. I didn't say I wanted to go to a different universe with you. I just said, I'm going to have a beer, okay? I'm sorry if I misled you in my But it was weird, and the camper was not working right. And the next morning, my sisters-in-law were talking about their camper not working correctly over the night and hearing strange sounds. And So the priors, you ever want to get wigged out, go to the priors, because that's oh, in your I've, I've been wigged out plenty, thanks. Like. <laughs> That, yeah. stuff, that stuff that's in the woods that go in and out of the woods is a really kind of high on the creepy factor for me. I'm a city girl. So what can I say? I grew up in Manhattan. So, well, but I think that's awesome. I think you're pretty brave girl. As we discussed, I'd be dying on the vine. <laughs> I, I do. I last about five days in Manhattan and I am so tired. I can't stand it. I got every dead person from folks who are historically there to settlers to some guy who was hanging out with George Washington. And I'm like, you guys, seriously, just move on. This is, well, this is why I want to thank my angels because it is obvious the, the help that I got as a young child that number one, I didn't have 200 attachments on me at one time. They apparently, they took care of all of them. That's awesome. And I became a very good blocker. So yeah. I'm able to block out information now that other people have a hard time shutting down that boundary, but I'm really good at it because I had to as a child. Yeah. So too much energies, too many dead people, too many live people, too much, too, too much going on over there. So you mentioned New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Have you ever been there? No, I want to go so badly. Okay. So the feminine energy there is amazing. Wow. It's lots of divine feminine energy there. And it's historic. The food is amazing. The French Quarter is amazing. The Garden District. I love it. I love that city. It's one of my favorites. And I'm happy to hear you say that because I have had such a draw to New Orleans for um, a long time. And I have a, a dear, dear cousin who just moved from California over to Nashville. And I don't think they're super far away or maybe my geography is terrible here, but I think it would just be so fun to be able to go and, and feel that um, ground Louisiana. You know, Louisiana has this deep ground energy and earth energy and again maybe I just need 
you know, the two by four between the eyeballs here to feel that kind of power. Yet I can't wait to go and I want to eat the food. I'm such a foodie. I oh want my to God, you'll there. love the food. Oh, the food God. is amazing because you have the French and the Spanish and all the, it, the Cajun and the Creole all combined together. So the food's amazing. That's so awesome. Well, thank you for that. I got to get to New Orleans. Yeah, so it's May. We're almost halfway through the year. I know. That is so weird, though. I, I honestly, because of COVID, I lost most of 2020. Um, my family and I came back uh, from a trip to Belize and in February of 2020. And then March, we were shutting down. And, you know, we're, we in Montana are completely fully open at this point. And uh, it's, we have a little over a million people in the fourth largest state in the union. So there's a lot of space here. Um, however, Montana, you know, that's a somewhat controversial ruling, I guess, by the Montana State Senate and House and governor it was a governor that put that through. Um, and in part, you know, it's Montana survives on agriculture and tourism and we're coming into summer. And so I think the legislature here was like, oh, my God, we have to open the state up. They opened the state up too last summer. And from June to August, and our COVID numbers just blew off the hook. So lots of people here are getting the vaccines. We don't have a huge population base here, yet we have over 33,000 people that moved to Montana in 2020 as COVID refugees. That's what they call themselves. Uh, from other states uh, whose policies they did not agree with. Yeah. So we had a lot of you know, lots of people moving out here in the outback and all these things. Oh, that's happening here from what? From the north, from like New York, New Jersey. They're all moving to South Carolina. Oh my God. Because I think what happened with COVID up there was so traumatic. Yeah. Um, and it just spread so quickly because of all, all these people are living and working in the same place. I think or it was a tipping point for people. So, you know, my next door neighbor, they're moving in soon. They're from New Jersey. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So look okay. at the big picture about that, Danielle, though. Yeah. So we have Northerners coming down here. Oh, we've have always had Northerners coming down here. But, you know, the people want to live here. This place yeah. is booming. Okay. You got Charleston. You have the history. You have the weather. You have the palm trees. You have the ocean, you have the wa all the water sports. I mean, what's not to like, right? And, yeah, yeah, for sure. And then super nice people. Yeah. Too. And so you're having a meshing, a combination of North and South. Where did the Civil War start? Right in Charleston Harbor. Wow. No, I did not know that either. Holy mill. Oh, wow. Okay. Fort Sumter got fired upon. Yeah, right there. So this is where it started. And now we have all of these people living together. So there's an opportunity and a potential to heal a lot. That's what I, I see happening. That. I love that. <laughs> I think you're right on, girl. That's so cool. You know, we in Montana, Montana. God, that's fascinating. Oh, I got to get up to Charleston sometime. I mean, I was really hoping to get there with the tour. I got. Oh, no, you need to come. I will give you a personal tour. I have some 
special places here that are really high vibration. Oh, wow. There are, there are, I'm not going to talk about it on the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I have special in, spots. I have <laughs> intuitively know where these areas are. And yeah, come on over and we'll talk about the land and the people and what we're feeling and the potential because oh, potential is really important. We got to nurture that potential energy. The, that potential energy was dropped on this planet when it was being formed. Yes. By yes. higher beings who wanted to see that potential fulfilled. And, it, and the goal in our lifetimes is to fulfill it and tie up loose ends. How's that feel to you, Daniel? That feels, I, I'm giving you a hundred million hallelujahs right here. <laughs> that is complete. Listen to this woman, everybody. She knows of which she speaks, okay? That's a hundred percent true. You know, the earth, the earth, right? I say that I'm not much of an earth translator. I feel the earth all the time. Uh, the earth doesn't ask me to say, to speak for it very much. It just doesn't, you know, once in a while it will, but that's really rare. Uh, to be honest, you know, and what I would say to that is that I believe you are a hundred percent, right? A hundred thousand percent, right? And if we would get out of our weird prefrontal cortexes, we're thinking so hard about everything. It's so silly. We just get <laughs> into our hearts, right? Get into our hearts and our limbic system in our brain, which is the feminine centers and just, just be chill. I think about Montana. And I think about all the folks that moved here. In Montana, we welcome everybody. I mean, there's jokes. You know, there's the hardcore Montanans with their bumper stickers that say Montana is full. We hear North Dakota is nice. You know, stupid stuff like that. But honestly, Montana was the original in this area, okay? The original live and let live state. And if you were going to live in Montana originally, you had to be okay with everybody else being okay with everybody else. And as long as you weren't victimizing other people, breaking the law, stealing, hurting people, you could live your life. And you might be a little different or a little wacky or a little strange, but Montana was like, hey, we're all just out here respecting the land and respecting one another. Well, over the last uh, maybe four or five years, there's been changes uh, to our particular legislature. And, you know, word of Montana's great riches is getting out. And I don't mean riches culturally. I mean, under the ground. Montana's mm -hmm. called the treasure state. Mm -hmm. And we have unbelievably high amounts of oil and gold and coal and all and copper and all the things that the earth uses and that society uses, the earth doesn't use it to maintain its commerce. So unfortunately, and I'm hoping that Montana will push back the land. You know how the land goes, right? So you know the land will have enough and it'll just push back on people. Mm -hmm. But I'm hoping that uh, our current legislature is trying to push, they're trying to take water cleanliness away. They're trying to take mining restrictions away. Montana has some of the toughest mining restrictions in the country. Because the people who live here really value the earth and, you know, being at one in the, the places to hike and fish and the folks who are hunting predominantly in Montana, if they get an elk, that's going in their freezer. 
mm-hmm. you know, and they're making gloves out of that hide. And that's not just a head on their wall. Uh, we've got some folks running the state right now that have a little bit different attitude towards that. I mean, they're shooting wolves just for the trophy on the wall. And, and that's really out of balance with how we are in Montana here. So when you're talking about Charleston and everybody coming together in this amazing space, here we are in Montana, the great open, come bring us whoever you want to be. And we have a lot of people flooding in who are trying to get away from terrible experiences. And at the same time, we've got a legislature who's trying to put a cap on the live and let live attitude of Montana. So here there's a bit of dissonance, you know, with what the land has always been, what the culture has always been, with people going towards this culture that they read about, and then this legislature that's coming in saying, we're going to strip all this away from you. So it's spiritually a little bit of a wobble out in Montana right now, even though we Montanans are just, we're just hanging on to that live and let live, love everybody, be one with the earth, let's be good neighbors. We're working diligently to keep that alive out here even though the, the state's trying to be sold off for its resources. So it's, it's a funny little juxtaposition when you talk about influx of people and desires. And Do what you think means. it's in response to those influx of people? The influx of people uh, severely altered the voting block in, in our state. And a lot of those people who came in were casting protest votes for uh, how the presidential election fell out in Washington, D.C., without really knowing some of this cast of characters that have been running for office here in Montana for years. We have a governor who ran for governor and lost, who ran for something else and lost, finally ran to be a House of Representatives person and won. Uh, And because we had such an influx of people who who voted a specific way, that tipped our voting block. And what's interesting is that we've got a lot of conservative, good old boy Montana voters out here, but they're not what people would uh, cast in the role of what has hit the mainstream media as as a conservative voter. Like folks think of QAnon people and really, really extreme right-wing blah. And that's not the actual, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, the over the top stuff, right? And then I feel badly, you know, and this is where we talk about balance here, Tina, you know, because um, I feel badly for my conservative friends in Montana because they are not extreme. I mean, there's a few QAnon people out here, but overall, their version of conservatism doesn't even hardly exist in the United States anymore. It's not telling you what to do with your body. They don't care what you do with your body. It's not telling you that getting married to a same-sex person is going to go to hell. They don't care who you marry. Just don't take their land yeah. and their cattle. Yeah. You know, they don't overtax them because they own large plots of land and they're busy giving back to their communities and giving back to the homeless people. And so it's it's almost a, a conservative modality that, that just really doesn't exist in many places anymore. And I feel badly because they have no voice in government. You know, it's it's been taken over by this mass machine agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and so to your to your question that the people who move in is that their outlook the people moved here for the freedoms uh they came from other places that were a lot more politically charged like california and oregon mm-hmm. montana is not a politically charged place we just want to love you here you know mm-hmm. and so that influx of 
you know, push these bills and, you know, it, it just, it's odd. So I'm feeling the wiggle here yeah. and just trying to hold a center for love. And I, I don't tend to vote conservatively, you know, however, I have a big soft spot for my, my old school rancher friends who are looking at this, our current legislature. And they're like, what the hell? They just turned us into the Bible belt touching Canada. What's going on with these guys? That's not <laughs> vote that's big government you know and their minds are being blown and i'm just like ah oh, dude want to go have a burger and a beer this <laughs> we're all in this boat together yeah well i think that's what's happening at a state level and nationally is that there's a disconnect between what the people want and what the leadership is trying to pass for laws yeah and i and that's in south carolina as well really are you guys feeling that there too? Then it's not just, it's like a big rollout agenda. It's so weird. And I'm looking at this going, how desperate are the people who make all the money? How desperate are they to keep all the money? They must be losing the money to be this desperate. They're losing the money and they're losing the power. And it's, it's, here's my prediction. You go girl, lay <laughs> it out. Lay it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Whatever you're desperately hanging on to, you can't hang on to it. It's not yours to hang on to that. It should be shared. Yes. So that's that's my prediction because that's what I hope happens. That's why I'm hoping we're here to see that happen. You are nailing it, girl. I, I believe that to be true. And I believe that's why we're seeing this bizarre influx of uh, it, it, the laws are trying to pass in Montana right now have very little to do with Montana's needs. Mm -hmm. um, or here, they're, they're trying to pass laws here that they know are not going to hold up in the courts. Same here, same here. Anti-LGBTQ laws, anti-trans laws, anti-abortion laws, which are exactly so that's what they do here. That's what they do here. And we're like, you're wasting our time, our money. Yep. This is it's going to go to court. It's going to get overthrown. But then you're pissing everybody off in the process. Yes. Yes. Amen. That's so see, I'm feeling really good talking to you, Tina, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm my poor little baby state out here. And I'm like, what the ever loving F is happening out yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if all the senators get together and decide all right, this is our agenda. We're going to pass these laws. And we know that this is not going to hold up to the constitution. It's not going to be held up through the courts, but we're going to do it anyway, because this is how we're expressing our power or we're trying yeah. to tell the people F you, or I don't know what their agenda is, but they're doing a good job of pissing people off. And I believe very strongly, sister, you just nailed it. That's what, when I look into it, when my angels, whatever, you know, on the channel I'm on, when I look into it, Hey, listeners. Uh, so what happened at this point is I lost my Wi-Fi. There was a flicker of on and off power here. So we got disconnected, but then we got connected again. So this is a continuation of the interview. It's about 10 more minutes. And just wanted to explain this strange uh, 
cutting off of what Daniel was talking about. So here's what's funny. So here you and I are having this huge conversation about why all of these bills are introduced in all of these different states that are nonsensical and are going to end up in those individual states' court system to overthrow them. And it's just a bunch of distraction. What I was saying was that I believe you're absolutely right, that uh, obviously this is going to end up in the Montana Supreme Court. A lot of this violates the Montana state constitution. They even voted in our legislature because for the first time in Montana's history, since it was a state in 1889, we have an all Republican House, Senate, and Governor. Usually we're a very balanced state, you know, because mm -hmm. we're kind of the live and let live state. We're a purple state, even though it doesn't look like that. If you look at the presidential maps, that's not an accurate, they'll say Montana's a red state. Well, right now it is, but it only in government, okay? So what we were seeing is, I believe, I was agreeing with you and saying that I believe that a great deal of what uh, this agenda is to roll up these nonsensical laws, which are only going to end up in uh, courts to overturn them, is to keep us fighting. Because you were just saying, and I was agreeing with you, that, that there is an inevitability to the loss of power, to the, and I'm putting this word in there, to the sociopathic consumerist depression system that keeps us all smushed. And there is a group of people trying to hang on to that and they can only keep us controlled if we're fighting with each other. So they come up with these asinine anti-LGBTQ laws, which, and I'm saying asinine as an LGBTQ person, it's not asinine that people's rights are run over the top of. What's mm -hmm. asinine is to have them pop up in a state like Montana that's always been a live and let live state. Nobody cares what you do out here. It's like, why is this in our legislature? So, I mean, this is, but the first this is time how it's going to backfire. Okay. Yeah. Big time because they think that they can manipulate us and get us to fight with each other. And they're going to exhaust us mm -hmm. with what they're doing. I already know that people are feeling exhausted by this and they're going to see through the facade and they're going to say no more. And then we're going to live in a different country on a different planet. I am with you 100%, girl. And those are the discussions we're having here in Montana. People are like, people aren't even, there's no need to fight this that's trying to happen because it's so weird. Montanans are just stepping back and going, I don't know what y'all are doing in Helena. Anyway, back to our neighborly barbecues we have, okay? Wow, you guys, whatever you're doing. And I did find it interesting, um, the, the reach of power and desperation has an energy to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found out, because I was trying to track this reach, because I'm, I'm just a nut about that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And I talked to a friend of mine who's in the local legislature up here in Montana. And I said, I'm weirded out by these bills. They seem to be, like you said, Tina, they seem to be happening in other states. You know what my friend told me who's in the legislature? Mm -hmm. There is a giant think tank that's an East Coast think tank that creates these blanket crazy, I'll call them chaos bills, and they distribute them to, and I'm doing finger quotes, red states. They're written outside the state. They're not even written by the state legislators. They give them to a state legislator hoping a state legislator within that same party will sponsor the bill and bring it in. So these blanket bills are being written somewhere else, like from a mothership. 
and distributed to 30 states to see if someone in the legislature will pick them up and run them through. And here, in, and, and that goes to, and not that this is a politics uh, discussion, it's more of a consciousness discussion because there is such a fear of the inevitable change that is upon us in this nation. And like you and I were talking an hour ago about the, the earth energies of the North American continent in America and the United States are, are amplified when everybody works together. And there are so many vortices, vortexes in the North American continent that attach to other parts of the world. So if we can get our crap together here in the United States, that helps lift up the rest of the world just like when we don't have our crap together in the United States, it drags down the rest of the world. There's reasons for that energetically as well. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Well, Danielle, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Tina. You know what, girl? I think our alter egos, Daniel and Terry, killed it on this show. <laughs> <laughs> they did great. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the name of our masculine side, you know? Yeah, maybe Mine's it is. Terry, yours is Daniel. You that's know, it, man. They wanted to be on the show today, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> we were just representing the yin and the yang today. That's it. We exactly. were in it to win it. Exactly. So, Danielle, you have a show coming up called Road Angels. What channel is that going to be on? Well, as soon as I can announce that channel, I will be happy to do so. We're still in production. And okay. so there are some rules about shouting out until it's done because they, they like to do a big product launch and all these things. However, I can tell you that you will be able to stream it and watch it from wherever you are if you have internet. So um, I'm very excited about that aspect. So that's, that's a kernel I can kind of drop there for everybody. And, I know and I'm really know, excited about that. I know you still do readings for people. And what else do you offer? Tell people how they can find you. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, you guys can find me at my website. And it's Danielle Agnew, E-G-N-E-W-advisor.com. Um, I've had people say, how come it's just not danielleigny.com? Well, I have danielleigny.com, but before I came out as a person who's a psychic and a medium and an angel translator, uh, many of you know, uh, I had a career in music. And so the danielleigny.com was all about rock and roll, which is super. And I still do that also. <laughs> However, if you want to find the spiritual end of what I do, it's danielleigny-advisor.com. And you can book readings there. You can do my artwork there. You can subscribe to my podcast there. It's all there. And yes, I do still do readings. I'm not doing readings in person currently because of my production schedule. I'm not oftentimes always in town to do readings, but I take readings from all over the world on the phone. And it's always my honor and pleasure to be able to translate for people. So you can hit me up there. If you want to read my books, you can go to the website and find where you can find those, but you can also find them on Amazon. And uh, if you just want to hang out and chat and dork out with me, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. I'm always there posting something weird. So come join me. And what's the name of your podcast? It's called Insight Radio. And it's spelled I-N-P-S-I-G-H-T, Insight Radio with Danielle Agnew. And it's a weekly ad-free podcast. I do have archives of this uh, that are on 
uh, Apple iTunes and Google and Stitcher and all of the major podcast distributors. I'm a monthly subscriber and we ran behind this last month because of Road Angel production and we, you know, the guy who was supposed to be uploading the podcast, we had some miscommunications. So there was a bunch of podcasts that got uploaded right at the end of the month that were for the entire month. But uh, you can, it's like five bucks a month, you know, to, to go and a hundred percent of those uh, proceeds actually go to supporting the podcast production itself and getting people paid in that. So um, that's it. That's how you can find me. You can find me on Patreon under the podcast or at my website where you can find all of this stuff. Well, thank you so much for saying yes to being on my show and you can come back anytime and we can talk about the land and the big picture anytime you want to. Well, you are very welcome. Thank you, girl, for all of the work you do for the earth and for humanity and for people and for communicating with those storms. They need to be heard too. Thank you for all the work that you're doing for all of us on this planet. And I would love to come back anytime you got it. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneyclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.